Hello, hello everyone, and welcome to the 15th episode of When the Heart Leads. I'm your host, Dr. Kate Newberg, and I'm incandescent to be with you all today. The title of this episode is On the Surface, and we are going to be exploring a few things. We'll be exploring the idea of simplicity. We're going to be exploring the idea of our deepest essence, and not just the idea of it, but the embodied feeling of it. And we're going to talk a little bit about how that deep resting into our essence is the kind of the first move toward um, transforming our own physical reality. So um, if you're just tuning into the podcast, welcome. Um, Very kind of a quick recap about what we've been moving through so far is... um, this podcast is really for those of us who are who have awakened and who are very aware and who are wondering about the best way to move in the world and to give our gifts our very unique gifts in the world right and if we're tuning in it means that um right now there is a larger receptive field for our gifts in the world and so um whenever we tune in the podcast um, I'm offering kind of the the stuff, the questions, the things that I've been sitting with and working on with that larger question of um, how can I really move in the world and make sure to give um, my own unique and deep gifts. And so we're always exploring kind of that's always the underlying question here. And um, what I've been feeling lately and tuning into lately is this really powerful call for simplicity. And... Um, what does simplicity mean, right? And we're talking about being on the surface here, and that's going to have a couple of different meanings in this podcast. But what does what does it mean? What does simplicity mean in the context for those of us who are accustomed to doing a lot of deep soul searching, perhaps um, deep dives into our subconscious or our psyche, um, who are always kind of in this process of inquiry and seeking, right? And um, and looking to looking to really find new answers, new things, right? And so this is uh, many of us are oftentimes in that process of inquiry. So what does simplicity mean right now uh, for those of us who are always very curious, especially about our own internal transformation? And um, what I want to say is that we're being called right now. <laughs> to kind of still a lot of that. And it is, can be, a very different way of being for those of us who are, like I said, accustomed to really doing a lot of seeking and soul searching. But um, what I'm what I'm getting right now is that a lot of that is coming to us now. And so the, the movement, the call, is not to be always looking outwards or looking inwards or, um, or even looking at all, but in, to be resting back into what I'm starting, what I'm calling our deepest, um, our deepest essence. And when we root in that, in our deepest essence, and maybe you have a sense of what that is, um, just a quick note there, I'm going to offer kind of a, a visualization, a visualization exercise at the end of this podcast episode to help you kind of root in what that is. Um, but when we root in that, uh, everything simply comes to us. And I know that sounds, maybe that sounds like that is too, that must be too easy. It must be too easy, right? Um, And that's actually a message I've been getting in some of my meditations is that when I'm feeling into 
like the 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 kind of the movement, the transformation of my own physical reality, uh, I keep getting this the message that all I need to do is still into who I truly am, and the rest will come. And I think that's just too easy after a, a lifetime of working, striving, seeking. How how is this possible, right? And so, in some ways, I'm doing this episode because it's helping me really root this understanding. But um, this is what we're talking about: the simplicity. We're talking about the simple simplicity on the other side of complexity, right? So, and I think I'm borrowing that phrase. I think I may have first heard it from Rob Bell, perhaps, who is a really cool spiritual leader. If you've ever um, worked with him or his work. Uh, he does the Robcast, but I think I'm borrowing that phrase from him. I'm definitely not making that one up, but I love the phrase simplicity on the other side of complexity. And what that means is that um, those of us who have done all of this work, this inner work, like true inner work, right? And I'm talking about we've we've gone there, we've felt it, we've released it, right? We've explored ourselves to our depths, to our extremes many of us, and um, what's what's emerging on the other side is just a very simple knowing. And again, this can be quite a shift when we're, when we're accustomed to sifting through vast amounts of information and vast amounts of energy, right? Um, this simple arising, uh, this we can resist it at first because it might feel almost, like I said, too easy, right? Um, but we're talking about the simplicity on the other side of complexity. And and I want to talk a little bit about that because we can confuse these two things, right? Um, simplicity is not reductive. Right? The, the kind of simplicity I'm talking about has a very powerful, has a very deep wisdom to it, right? And there's a big difference. There's a big difference between something that's simple and powerful and something that's maybe kind of trite, right? So like trite sayings or the kinds of things you might find on motivational posters, right? Um, there's There will most likely be, especially those of us tuning in here, um, there will most likely be a part of us that can that resist that, that, that doesn't fully resonate with that. And it's because we can sense some of the inauthenticity in it, right? Um, because these things are being said or talked about by people who haven't had to fully feel or embody the things that they're talking about, all right? So um, one thing I've learned, and in a discussion uh, on on shamanism, as as you may know, I, I do shamanic healing, or I, I work uh, with shamanic healing energies with people. And I had someone ask me recently, um, in an interview on my work, I, I had them ask me, what what is like? How do you define shaman? And there's many many ways to define it, and uh, obviously um, to to give lots of respect to the um, the the traditions that have um, worked with shamanism, but um, in a really simple way, in some ways, I, I think about it as the universe doesn't allow you to teach unearned wisdom. It just doesn't allow you to. There will always be, <laughs> there will always be a beckoning, a deepening. When you're, when you're trying to teach something that you haven't fully embodied yet, you will be brought into deeper and deeper knowing of that. Um, and so, and you won't, you won't be allowed to, to really teach that. And for, and for, for people who are, you can tell when someone is trying to do that, right? And, and there's, it's like, they cannot, they can't, first of all, they, they can't field penetrating questions, like really the kinds of questions that you're going to want to ask and the kinds of questions that you're going to want to receive answers to the kinds of questions that come for you from those depths of seeking, right? Someone who has, who is trying to teach unearned wisdom 
right? And I'm talking about, just to come back to the theme, I'm talking about a simplicity that hasn't gone through the rigors of complexity first, right? Um, that kind of simplicity is not going to actually shift or change or transform, right? So I'm talking about a very different kind of complexity. I'm just offering here um, many for those of us who are awake and aware and who have been on this journey of inner work, of deep seeking, right? Who am I? How do I fit? How do I belong in this world? How do I give my gifts in this world, right? Some of these aching questions, right? We can tell when somebody hasn't really been working with those questions, right? We can tell because it doesn't hit us somewhere like, like really deep, right? So there is the trite kind of simplicity, and I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about the simplicity that has gone through all the rigors of the seeking of complexity and has come out on the other side as this kind of, I'm almost seeing it like a round encapsulated pearl of wisdom, perfect, whole, complete, right? And it's this kind of simplicity that we're being asked to sink into. And it's this kind of simplicity that is, once we've done all this seeking questioning, right? That is the reward. This is our, this is the, um, and reward sounds almost transactional, right? This is just kind of, we're receiving now the answers to our questions and it's coming in the form of our deepest essence, which is this full encapsulated pearl of simplicity. So, um, so that's just kind of a quick framing of this idea of simplicity, right? And so, and I'm just kind of, if you tune in, you know, I, I often will have some notes just to kind of guide me through stuff that comes through. So, um, so those of us, so I'm kind of turning the page here, looking at some notes. So I, we've got this simplicity. We've got this deep pearl of our essence, right? This powerful, full, fully whole encapsulated pearl. And this is what we're receiving right now, right? This is what, um, this is what I'm feeling is coming through. And when we talk and I'm, I'm using this phrase deepest essence, right? And this is something, um, I'm going to say, often in this podcast. So I, you might want to begin to feel in what that means for you right now, right? Because these are just words that carry a frequency, right? And it's that frequency that we're going to be tuning into at the end of this podcast. So when I use the phrase deepest essence, right? Um, you might be tempted to kind of conceptualize that with your brain, but this is what I'm talking about is something that's fully embodied, right? That really comes into the body. So um, in that sense, when we talk about our deepest essence, all that we need, all that we want, all that is truly fulfilling for us will arise from there, from that place, from that embodied state, right? And um, I've been noticing, I've been noticing that when I have a request or a prayer or one of those heartfelt, one of those heartfelt aching questions, right, that I was talking about, um, lately, those have been answered almost immediately, but not through, not right away through a transformation of my physical world. What's happening is that the, the immediate answer to my prayer is actually coming through a knowing or an embodiment. And it's helping me really understand that that's the very first step. So embodiment is, you could say, the first, the first step to manifestation. Because it is the first it is it's the it is the first essence of manifestation because all that arises in your world comes through you right and arises from your frequency from your essence right and so the only way that manifestation can really occur right in in your outer reality is for it to anchor first within you so we're really I'm really getting that at in uh, at, in depth right we may talk about that sometimes 
I know people talk about it in terms of, you know, embodying a state that you want to then um, see beyond you. But this is not this is not one of those surface level practices. Um, this is one of those uh, a practice of becoming right. This what I'm talking about when we're talking about tuning in, tapping into our deepest essence. Um, what I'm really talking about here is something that can never, ever be taken away from you. Okay, because it just is, because it just is, right? And so um, our prayers, if we, you could call them prayers, you could call them requests, um, you could call them questions, whatever it is, they're answered immediately through this embodiment, um, through a knowing, right? And so, and I said, um, when we accept that embodiment is, like I said, the first step toward external manifestation in our reality, then we can begin to see how rapidly our prayers are being answered at this time, right? And so I do have an example of this. Um, so in the last episode, I talked a lot about how um, kind of our whole lives right now are being lifted into a state of naturalness. Um, and that if we scan our reality, right, we will, we will see and feel and know things in our reality that just seem to fit. Right? They just seem to fit really, really well with um, our deepest values, our deepest knowing, um, the way we want to be and move in the world. Right, And then we'll notice some places in our reality that don't seem to fit. Right, And, what I, and I've been moving through this process of having some parts of my life that feel really nourishing. Right? Just, ah, I'm there, I can rest there. I know this is it, right? I know this is it. And there are many parts of my life that are resting in that place. But then there's there's a few and significant parts of my life that aren't, right? And it becomes very obvious what those parts are <laughs> once you have that basis of comparison. And for a while, um, I was in very, very deep resistance to those parts that didn't seem to really fit with this larger, um, feeling of, and, and I think the metaphor I used was um, one of those float tanks, right? Where uh, the whole field around you is just in perfect resonance with your temperature, right? Kind of your molecular makeup or whatever it is, right? You're just, you're, you're resting in this field that seems to extend beyond you and you're in your, your most natural place, right? And it's effortless, right? And some parts of my life feel like that. Some parts of my life don't, perhaps that's true for you, right? And so what was happening was I was getting very frustrated with, very much um, in resistance to the parts of my life that hadn't been up, like you could say upgraded or lifted into that place yet. And it was causing a lot of suffering. And I mean, I mean that like um, this, and I knew it was causing suffering. And even with all my tools, all my soul searching, all the awakening I've had, right? I didn't know how to shift that suffering. I didn't know how to shift it. Um, so I just kind of coped with it. I dealt with it and I just, asked like can can you please help me um and i wasn't asking necessarily for my external i think this was actually a powerful indicator of growth right i wasn't necessarily asking for my external um situation to change in order to make me feel better because i knew right i knew that for real and lasting transformation it needed to come from within so i knew enough Right, that I wasn't, and there was a part of me that was like, just please make this end, <laughs> right? Um, but then there was also a part of me that knew something in me has to come to peace with this first, somehow, somehow. And I could not see how it was possible. 
Um, but I also knew that something within me had to come to peace with those things first before it could really shift for good, right? For good. So, um, so I was in deep resistance. I was asking these prayers. Um, I was saying these prayers and, um, I knew, and just to kind of, as I have a note here, that's really clear. I, I knew that if I was trying to create something new from a place of like, not that, right? Sometimes we need to do that. Okay. But I want, but I also know that creating from a place of anything but this, right? Just get me out, right? It would probably land me into something maybe better, maybe short-term better, but not ultimately deeply fulfilling, right? So I, I'm, I'm really, what in, in a lot of ways, what I'm talking about is a, a different way to create, a different place to create from. And I knew I needed to get centered in that place before I could really let um, new opportunities arise. It would be deeply resonant with this essence, with this, um, with this gift, with these gifts, right? And I didn't, and I know enough to know I didn't know what they were. And I knew enough at that point to know I didn't know how to shift it, right? So all I could do is ask and just kind of cope and in some ways be patient for whatever answer is coming in. And here's, this is what happened. This was very interesting what happened. Um, I received a gift of embodiment that was very powerful, very, in some ways, very subtle and very gentle, but also completely transformative. And it happened a very unexpected time. I was walking, I was taking a walk and I kind of was cresting this hill and I cannot explain what happened. It wasn't anything I was thinking about. It wasn't anything I was doing. It was just this gift where suddenly I looked back. I, I, I suddenly just looked back on my life, almost like I was looking down a tunnel. And I suddenly saw, just saw, just knew every kind of point in my life where I had suffered. I suddenly saw those as a series of interventions of grace, as opposed to a series of challenges that I had to bear with and overcome. And my lens, even with all the work, right, there is still this very deep, subtle lens that looked back at my life and saw whatever challenges I'd encountered as a series of kind of mountains to be conquered or challenges to be overcome or things to get through, right? And instead, suddenly I saw the way that grace was present in each one of those times. And I was in that time effortlessly filled with gratitude and 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 i want to mention something here because we all know the difference between like that effortless arising of gratitude and that feeling like oh i should be grateful right because i'll tell you i have tried so many times to change my lens like i know that my head knew that grace is present in all moments i knew that you know, I should be seeing, you hear that word, right? I should have been seeing my life as a series of blessings, right? But I was still really stuck in that place of, um, oh, but there have been so many challenges and whatever's coming up is just another challenge to be overcome, right? And, and, it, and as we awaken, right, as we do this work, it becomes, it becomes more and more subtle. And so there's a very deep, subtle layer of me that was still doing that. that was, and, and I want to mention that this switch of the lens was something I could never have brought about on my own. It was another one of those series in the series of interventions of grace. I, I couldn't have made this happen. 
I couldn't, I can't tell anyone how to make this happen, right? Um, I can't, it, it just, it was a gift. It was a gift, right? Um, and I think perhaps I had prepared a field within myself to become ready for it. Uh, perhaps that's the most I could do. Uh, but this was not something I could have effort, you know, I, I don't really like using effort as a verb, but it kind of works here, like efforted myself into, right? I think it's kind of an awkward verb, but I couldn't have forced it. I couldn't have made it happen. There were no mental gymnastics I could have gone through, right? I just received it. Once that happened, I suddenly became much more, I won't say entirely, right? Right? But I suddenly became much more at peace with all that is in my life. The stuff that feels really good and the stuff that doesn't. Because I suddenly had this, this knowing that if my whole life has been in like an intercession of grace in some ways, then that's not going to end. Like that, that's not something that ever runs out. Right. So I, I was able to really accept that it's not going to run out. It's never going to run out and it has never abandoned me, which means it's present right now. Right. And so even though the external circumstances have not fully changed, right, my internal environment is very different now. And I can see, find, feel, sense a place within me that is at peace. And it's almost like I was given access to it. And it, the lens shift, it almost felt like, you know, when you're at the um, the eye doctor and they have like those lenses in front of your eyes and they're like, can you, and they put lenses down and like things become blurry or more clear, right? And it was suddenly like there had been a shift and things that had been blurry suddenly became clear. And it was in an instant. It was in an instant and I couldn't tell you I wasn't doing anything special. Right? I wasn't doing anything out of the ordinary and I, I, it just happened. Right. And so possibly as I'm talking energetically here, your, um, uh, you might be feeling your own internal environment readying you for something like that. Perhaps you've already gone through that and, you, and it's something you can just hold and carry and be with, which is really beautiful. Um, but I think what, What's really what the point here, though, the point here, though, is that I had been asking for a release of this suffering. Right. And I had also kind of understood that the release of the suffering probably wasn't going to come about through first through a change in my circumstances. because That wasn't the lesson here. And I kind of knew enough to know that. Right. So I can point to this intercession of grace as an almost immediate miracle. Right. That occurred and it occurred in my internal environment first. Right. So um, it was a gift, you could say, um, beyond my current level of consciousness. It was a gift that came in from somewhere beyond what my current level of consciousness or what my level of consciousness was at that point, right? And so, so the invitation then, right, even though those parts of my life have not changed, the internal environment has changed. So the invitation is, what would it be like to create from this place, right? When I feel myself get, going into resistance or suffering, Right, the the memory, the remembrance that I have, a place within me that is at peace, and I have greater and greater access to that now, right? And I'm and like I said, I'm not saying I don't, I'm not saying I never go to that place, right? I, because I do, um, uh, that place of resistance, but it's easier now to move away from it. So, I see. Right. I see that if, if we talk about um, our whole being as a fractal, right, 
Um, and I know this might feel like, what is she talking about? I'm just going to, I'm going to bring this back to the body real quick, right? Because um, our, our external environment, our mental, emotional, physical, spiritual, and um, our mental, emotional, um, physical, and spiritual spheres are all perfect kind of reflections of each other, all right? So um, if I'm starting to feel like this emotionally, right? Like I'm starting to feel that um, there's places I can go that are not suffering, that I can move into. I'm also starting to understand that this is true of my body, okay? And so we're gonna talk about, we've been talking about embodiment here, bringing those feelings all the way in, right? So that it's something we just are with our whole being, including our physical body. And I'm discovering, um, I've been doing some, a little bit of somatic work, which has been really useful. I think it, that's actually been opening kind of pathways for this, um, this knowing to come in, to be an embodied knowing. Like when you're playing sports, right? Um, if you've played sports, like I've played a lot of sports, your body just kind of knows how to do things without you having to think about it after a while, right? Um, that's what's happening with this feeling of, you could say, peace or well-being. Is It's just my body starts to shift into that place without me having to um, really put a lot of conscious effort into it. So it's almost like this muscle memory, you could say, almost literally, right? Um, but what's happening is that I'm feeling that I can feel that the, the majority of my body, even though when I do a body scan, there's some parts, right, that still feel can be, feel in pain. And sometimes there's more pain than others, right? And we're going to do a little um, exercise at the end to really begin to, um, to allow uh, the, the larger um, healing, right, of our whole being. Um, but I can feel that most of my body actually feels pretty strong pretty relaxed, pretty open, right? There are some parts that aren't, but those are, I'm starting to understand that those are much smaller aspects of self, right? Than I, than I had realized. So when I begin to focus on the parts that feel good, and oftentimes when I'm in doubt of where that is, it's, it's in my hands, right? For you, it might be different. And again, we're going to go through a little exercise to figure that out for you. But um, when I tune into that, I suddenly feel my posture will change. I suddenly feel stronger, more at ease, more fluid, more relaxed. Right. And so, so I can begin to trust, and this is, this is something, um, right. This is something that we can, we can practice and practice and practice, right. And go through the motions, but until, but it's hard if things in your physical reality are still reflecting back to you, um, kind of a jarring, something jarring to what you know could be, right? So something at odds with your what you feel is your deepest essence, it can be really hard to hold that place of trust. But what's happening now, what I'm understanding is that um, as my body begins to, as parts of my body, aspects of my body are in perfect resonance with that, with that deepest essence, right? That is the proof that I need in some ways. Right, because we we're we're tangible physical beings. We're walking the earth, right? As I was writing my memoir, finding home, <laughs> right, and I was traveling all over the world. People kept saying, like, "Well, home is inside of you," and I said, "Yeah, that's great, but like, I still need to live somewhere, right? Like, I still have a body that needs to live somewhere uh, and feel at home." And so, you know, and that's a much longer story. And if you're interested in that, you can um, you can look into my my memoir again. It's called Finding Home. But like, when we're when we're in those places where maybe nothing in the external reality seems to be happening, it's very helpful to have the reinforcement 
of our bodies telling us what is um, what is good, what is strong, what is at peace, what what is healed. Right? It can be hard to like believe that we're actually healing until we see it in our physical reality, but when we feel it in our physical bodies, we can begin to trust it. Right? So I started to really trust that all will be brought, my whole life will be brought into resonance with this deepest essence because I could start to feel it happening in my body. All right. And as a quick side note, I would say this is actually true resilience. And I, I don't want to get into this too much because there's a lot of um, heavy, heavy um, connotation to the word resilience. And I've actually, in my dissertation research on workplace burnout, I talked a lot about how oftentimes we invoke resilience or weaponize resilience as a way to just put up with untenable situations, right? Try harder endure more, right? And I don't actually define resilience as that. I'm starting to understand that true resilience is being able to find that place within you that is strong, that is empowered, that is in resonance, right? Because from there, um, from there you can begin to create in your external world or receive, right, in your external world. And what, what's happening is that when I tune into that place, like one more quick side note before we go into the, the visualization is that um, what's happening is that as I tune into that place, it is centered and healed, right? That's, it's in that place that I begin to receive the nudges toward action. And sometimes it's very small action, right? It feels like small action. Um, but those nudges are, can be trusted and are leading me toward bringing my whole life invisible, my external reality invisible resonance with my deepest essence. Right. And it's, and it's the nudges that come from when I'm in the, and we're going to go through this, right. As we go into our bodies in the visualization, we'll be going into our bodies, right. When we receive, and they're not even at that, they're, they're not even nudges. When you're in that place of your body that's in pain, often it's like some sort of trauma response, right. Then the, it's not going to be a nudge. It's going to be, a, it's going to be oftentimes like a very intense voice telling you to get out, right. Or like anything but this, right. Anything but this is creating from that trauma response you're creating from that wounded place right and we are moving into a state of being where we can start to create from that centered deep and healed place and the nudges that arise from there are going to be the ones that lead you into um allowing that to be visible in your physical reality I almost said manifesting but that feels like that almost feels like a um too active <laughs> for what's happening here it's like tuning in first following the nudges that t that come in from that deep centered healed place, then your physical reality will begin to reflect that effortlessly. And that's what we're going for here. So, um, whew, okay. So we're going to move into, what does all this mean? You know, we've talked just quick recap, you know, we talked about, and the, the, what's funny is the, um, the title of this episode is on the surface, right? So what, um, what we're going to come back to over and over again is that, uh, a lot of the simplicity that has come through that complexity, right? So we started talking about that, the complexity we've gone through, the, the, the thought forms, the energy, the wounding we've sifted through, right? We've done it. We've done it. <laughs> And now it's time for the natural processes of healing to really take over and for us to allow that. 
right? So what's happening is that we are entering that simplicity on the other side of complexity. And that simplicity is going to rest on the surface. It's going to be so simple, so obvious. Just like suddenly there was a shift in my lens and I could see my life as a series of intercessions of grace. It was all right there. So simple. So I didn't have to search for it. I didn't have to seek for it. I didn't have to try to make it happen. It just was all resting right there on the surface of my memory and on the surface of my life. So we're all, we're bringing this all to the surface now, right? So it's going to be visible, feelable. Um, so that's kind of why I wanted to just come back, do a recap and tie it all into the, the title of this episode. Right? So, um, there's a framing I want to have for this visualization. So we're going to, we're kind of transitioning now. Um, and just as a quick note, um, this one, if you tuned into the last visualization, it was only a couple minutes. This one might be a little longer. Um, and there will be pauses for you to uh, write. If you have a journal, I suggest you have that with you for this um, because there'll be pauses for you to write what's coming up. Uh, and actually what I'm going to cue you to do is just uh, when I say, you know, take a moment to write in your journal, I will keep going, but you, that's a cue for you to kind of pause the recording because I will, um, with all these live transmissions, I take, um, I'll make it into a recording for Spotify, YouTube, all those things. So anyway, just quick side note, right? Um, if you're following me here right now, right, just kind of know that we're going to be, we're going to be moving a little quicker. <laughs> so, um, but there'll be like, when you're listening to this in retrospect, there'll be an opportunity to pause and write in your journal. So here's, so I would say if you're getting ready for the visualization, if you're listening, find somewhere quiet where you won't be disturbed for probably at least 20 minutes, right? Uh, depending on how long you want to journal for. And um, I would also say, yeah, have a journal with you or something to record with. So a voice recording, something. And what we're doing, for those of you who are tuning in now, what we're doing is really tuning into that aspect of ourselves that is eternal, our deepest essence, from that, that place from which we can effortlessly transform our physical reality. Right? And it all starts with this inward stilling. So the frame I want to have for this, because we're going to kind of, um, this is a quick uh, overview, we're going to tune into those places that are perhaps in pain or in a trauma response. And we're going to tune into those places that are deeply empowered and healed, right? And the frame here is that if you think about the earth, right? If you think about, um, let's say there's a building that's been abandoned, right? And I'm kind of, I'm, I'm taking this uh, concept, or I'm borrowing this concept from Richard Rudd, who wrote The Gene Keys. Right? And he talks about greening. And I think he, he came up with that phrase. So greening, the earth kind of does this thing called greening. Again, another thing we're making into a verb, but it totally works here and I love it. So um, if you have an abandoned building or even you imagine like something just so representative of like, unnatural industrialization, like a gas station, right? Imagine that, like, sorry, sorry to bring you to that place, but I, I'm, I'm, I promise we're going to come back out of it. Um, and you imagine that it's been abandoned, right? Over time, it's only a matter of time for the earth to start to naturally overtake it, right? And break it down. And it might take a long time, right? But the processes of the earth are always moving toward healing, always moving toward this greening, right? And the same is true for your body. So we're going to give that process a bit of a boost here by allowing ourselves to first tune into those places that are in pain, right? But then tuning into and really 
fortifying those places that are healed that that will begin to green right or take over those places that are still perhaps in pain or in a trauma response or if the idea is here we're giving you access pathways to come back to that deep centered space that is already healed that there are parts of your body and just as there are parts of your physical reality right there are parts of your body that are also always resting in that place Okay, and the more we tune in, the more we reinforce it, the more power it gets, the more power it gets, the more it's allowed to do its natural processes of greening, of healing, right, in your, in the rest of your body, in your life. So, all right, so that was the framing for that. So we're going to move into the visualization here. So to do that, I invite you to get very comfortable. Maybe you want to lie down or sit up somewhere where you feel held. You can have your legs crossed or on the floor, whatever is most comfortable for you, right? And when you are ready, close your eyes. And let yourself become still. You're going to breathe out three times. And in your head, you will see the numbers three, two, and one. Right, so I'm going to lead you through that breathing exercise. So take a nice deep breath in. And on your out breath, see the number three in your mind's eye. Take another nice deep breath in. And on your out breath, see the number two in your mind's eye. Take another nice deep breath in. And as you breathe out, see the number one tall clear and bright. Step into the one. Tune into your body. Let it speak to you. Which parts feel like they're in pain? Feel them. Which parts are they? Perhaps there are multiple, perhaps just one. Just take a moment to feel that. How would you describe the qualities of this pain? Achy, constricted, trapped, overwhelmed. Take a moment to pause the recording and journal about the parts of your body that feel in pain and the qualities of that pain.
come back to center and close your eyes. Breathe out. Now, let your body speak again. Which parts of your body feel good and strong and empowered? Let those parts of you light up. What happens to your body, your posture, when you tune in to those parts that feel strong? Give the, the feeling, those feelings in your body, give them qualities. How would you name them? And take a moment to write this down in your journal. The parts of you that feel strong, healed, and what it feels like when you tune in to those parts. Come back to center. Breathe out and close your eyes. Focus again on the parts of your body that feel good, strong, empowered. Watch as that feeling flourishes. Feel as that feeling moves into the parts of you that are in pain. Breathe out. See, feel, and know that the intelligence of healing moves into those places that are in pain, just like the vines and the trees and the green of the earth, living plants that overtake whatever is hurt. Allow this healing intelligence to emanate from the parts of you that feel strong and move into the places that are hurt. Allow this for a few moments. Breathe out. Still feeling the intelligence of your body healing those parts of you. Open your eyes. How do you feel now? Take some time to journal or make a voice recording.
you may return to this visualization as often as you wish. It's a reminder of how to anchor in the parts of you that feel good and healed and strong. That is your deepest essence coming out to play. <sighs> okay. This has been the 15th episode of When the Heart Leads. I'm your host, Dr. Kate Newberg, founder of Books of Eden Publishing. For more information on my work or how to work with me, you can visit my website, booksofeden.com. Wishing you all a deep and empowered and beautiful day, evening, night. From my heart to yours. <laughs>